0: Good morning, welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday, it's October 14th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. How the presidential election dominated Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearing. Plus, why Apple's events aren't what they used to be. First though, the questions Joe Biden hasn't answered are today's one big thing. Joe Biden is one of the luckiest frontrunners in modern history, which is what Hans Nichols, who covers the Biden campaign, has been writing about. That's because Joe Biden has been able to stay out of the spotlight. Hans, how do you think Joe Biden has escaped scrutiny in this campaign?
1: All the attention has been on Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump is this, this massive fire that sucks up all the oxygen. And Joe Biden hasn't had the normal amount of attention that you'd get. Part of that's the pandemic. Part of that's running against Trump. And with attention comes scrutiny that Donald Trump has had.
0: I'm sure there are people who are listening who are thinking right now, isn't this the fault of journalists for not asking the tough questions?
1: Well, you can't blame journalists when they didn't have a chance to ask Joe Biden's questions for about three months in the spring and summer. The other side of it is you have a White House press corps that's really pressing Donald Trump. We've all seen those on TVs. There are a lot of hard questions to get asked of Trump. On the Biden side, you have less opportunity to and the dynamic is just different. You're on a tarmac after he's you know, spoken to a bunch of union guys in Minnesota.
0: What do you think we don't know? What kind of questions would you like to have answered from Joe Biden?
1: I think you need to ask about the pandemic. You need to ask about stimulus. What's he gonna do to try to get people back to work? There's obviously a Supreme Court question there. Then you can delve into foreign policy. What's he actually gonna do on North Korea, right? They've just unveiled a new missile there. What's he gonna do? Would he meet with the Dalai Lama, right? I mean, they're big questions. The other obvious area where Joe Biden is skated by is on differences between him and the progressive wing on his party. And that's on defunding the police. That's on the amount of funding for the Pentagon. That's on the Green New Deal. It's on a whole host of issues. And part of this is because progressives are giving Biden a pass. But Joe Biden hasn't had to account for differences within his own party. And he's skated by.
0: There certainly have been criticisms of the Biden campaign that their platform is simply that he's not President Trump. Which one could also argue is the same bet that Hillary Clinton made that arguably cost her the election.
1: Yeah. And privately, Democrats will acknowledge that. The big difference is the pandemic, the coronavirus and Donald Trump's response. And that's going to be front and center of, you know, pretty much every voter's mind. So while, yes, it's more of an anti-Republican as opposed to a pro-Democratic approach, the big difference is that Trump's in charge. Voters know what he's done. We'll see how it falls.
0: What are you watching for then in the final three weeks?
1: The final debate. I'm looking at turnout. No one knows what the electorate is going to actually look like. And that's the test here is can Joe Biden find more voters than Donald Trump? And Donald Trump clearly surprised Democrats in 2016. Totally possible that Democrats surprise Republicans. And even if Republicans make all their marks, Democrats simply find more voters.
0: Hans Nichols is a politics reporter for Axios. He covers the Biden campaign. He also writes the Sneak Peek newsletter. Thank you, Hans. Thank you. We'll be back in 15 seconds with a recap of yesterday's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Welcome back to Axios Today. We wanted to catch you up quick on two Supreme Court stories. Yesterday, the high court allowed the Trump administration to halt its census count early. This decision has civil rights groups worried about a possible undercount, which also could affect how congressional seats are allocated in the future. While the Supreme Court was deciding this case, Amy Coney Barrett was facing the Senate for the second day of her confirmation hearings. Barrett declined to give her views on several high-profile partisan issues like Roe versus Wade.
1: Senator, I completely understand why you are asking the question, but again, I can't pre-commit or say, yes, I'm going in with some agenda because I'm not. I don't
0: have any agenda. The Affordable Care Act.
1: And I assure you that I am not. I'm not hostile to the ACA. I'm not hostile to any statute that you pass.
0: And whether a president can delay the election, like President Trump threatened to do this July.
1: If I give off-the-cuff answers, then I would be basically a legal pundit. And I don't think we want judges to be legal pundits. I think we want judges to approach cases thoughtfully and with an open mind.
0: Here's the takeaway from Axios' Supreme Court expert, Sam Baker. The hearing sounded a lot more like 2020 campaign messaging than anything directly related to the Supreme Court.
1: This is a day we've all been looking forward to. It's remarkable to think about where iPhone started and where it is today.
0: Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, is kind of obligated to say that. But do you remember when people used to get so excited about Apple events? Ina Fried is Axios's chief technology correspondent. Ina, are you obligated to get excited about these things? Or do you think naturally, as a tech reporter, you are automatically excited every time Apple has an event?
2: I don't think I'm obligated to. I think reporters vacillate between being excited about news to cover and cynical about how big that news is. But I definitely, as someone who's been going to these for 20 years now, have noticed a waning of the excitement here. Why is that? I think there's a few reasons, and I wrote about this for Login. One is just the absence of Steve Jobs. He was a great salesperson and made everyone excited. But others are, one, the details often leak out. There just haven't been many surprises, many new, never-before-seen things. The one more thing that Steve Jobs was famous for. We thought we were getting new iPhones, maybe a couple of other products. That's basically what we got.
0: For you, what's the biggest takeaway from what Apple announced yesterday.
2: So these are fine upgrades if you're looking for a new iPhone. They've got better screens, a faster processor. But I think most of the significant changes are things that people might not use right away. So all of the phones come with 5G, but you may not have 5G where you live, or at best, you probably have the slow version of it. So you're not going to notice a giant speed improvement, and there isn't going to be that much you can do with it from day one.
0: So after this event wrapped up yesterday, what were you thinking about what's the most significant thing consumers should be taking away from this?
2: I think the real question is, how is the phone you have serving you? What best fits your needs? I think one thing that Apple has done is it now has a much broader range. Figuring out what you actually need and not overbuying is probably going to be the task for many people.
0: Ina Fried writes the login newsletter for Axios. Okay, maybe Apple announcements aren't as exciting as they used to be. So before we wrap up today, we wanted to share another announcement this week you might have missed. Paul? You're listening to audio from some grainy footage from a Nest doorbell camera. Paul? Uh-huh. It's Bob Wilson. Yeah. Paul is Paul Milgram, Bob and Mary's neighbor. And they had something to tell him that just couldn't wait. You've
1: won the Nobel Prize. And so they're trying to reach you, but they cannot.
0: Bob was actually Paul's co-winner. They won the Nobel Prize in economics together for their work on auction theory. But when the Nobel Committee couldn't get a hold of Paul, there's a nine hour time difference between Sweden and California. Bob and his wife took it upon themselves to make sure Paul wasn't left out. Wow, okay. Will you answer your phone? Yes. (laughs) And even though Paul's wife was traveling, she got a security notification on her phone when the Wilsons knocked on their door at 2 a.m., and so she actually got to watch the whole thing live. If you want to see this exchange for yourself, I'll tweet out the video. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter, at Nylabudu. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.